happy Father's Day, all men, whether you're a physical father, a spiritual father, an emotional father to somebody, uh, you know, what, what, however you are, uh, I, I know so many men have an impact on so many people, we want to honor all men, and you got the little gifts on the way in, if you didn't get one on the way in, I hope you get one on the way out, the little box there to give you a little energy, we'll talk about that in a minute, also handed out candy on the way in, uh, Tootsie Pops, all right, now, don't unwrap and eat them yet. I already saw some people doing it. <laughs> it's for the end. It's for the end. But if you did, it's okay. Get another one. There's extra. Get another one on the way out because you're going to have to take one home with you, okay? So uh, wait till the end. You'll see why. We are in the book of Acts. We've been going through the book of Acts and the key to living in victory, no matter what we're facing, through, we, we face it. Uh, whatever we're facing, we can get, have victory. We can not just survive, but thrive through our faith in Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. And we've talked about living in the Spirit's power. We've talked about praying in the Spirit. We're now in Acts chapter 5. We're all the way up to Acts chapter 5. But I thought it was important to stop and take a week and really study the Holy Spirit, who he is, who he is, and, and how do we understand, make sure everybody understands how we can connect with the Holy Spirit's power. And that's the title for today, the Holy Spirit's the Holy Spirit, who he is and how we can connect with his power. And we're doing a little commercial break here in chapter 5. Now, it's Father's Day, and you got a little prizes there uh, and some, something to give you energy to keep you going. Uh, it's a big job, so we gave you a gift for that. But we all need that energy, don't we? We all need it. There was some leftover, what are those, cashews or whatever they're called? I was eating them this morning, and uh, there was some sitting on the counter uh, that they used to make the gifts. But, but we all, I'm like, I need the energy, right? We all, we, all need, we all need this energy, don't we? And the most important source we have is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the most important power source, but the problem is so few Christians... So few Christians realize who he really is or how to connect with his power and what that means for us. Very, very few. And I've told the story about being stuck in first gear with my car. I'm not going to go into that story again. But, but so many people are stuck in first gear, driving around in first gear, being stuck in first gear, right? Now, the Holy Spirit is God. The Trinity is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is God. But so many are ignorant. We, we pray to the Father and we ask, put our faith in Jesus, but we're, so many of us don't understand that he is, if, if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you have said, God, I believe Jesus died for my sin, I repent of that sin, I put my faith in Jesus, I give my life to him, the moment you do that, the Holy Spirit actually comes and lives inside of you. Inside. The Holy Spirit is there. He's there. And, and he is the key to the Christian life. And now he said the Holy Spirit is God. He's part of the Trinity. Okay. In fact, I'll just give you one verse. Romans 8, 9. In Romans 1, 8, 9, it says, You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. You see that? Used interchangeably in one verse, the Spirit Spirit of God, Spirit of Christ, interchangeably. The, the, over and over we see the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised that he and the Father would send the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was getting ready to, to, to be crucified, and then he said, I'll be leaving. He says, this, this is what he says in John fourteen twenty five. He said, all this I have spoken while still with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. 
peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus promised that the Father would send the Holy Spirit. And then a few, another chapter, a couple chapters, next chapter, 16, 7, when Jesus said to, to them, um, he says, but I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I'm going away. Talking about after he ascends, resurrection, ascension. It's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So Jesus said the Father and the Son are going to send the Holy Spirit to us. And we receive the Holy Spirit. That's God's Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We receive the Spirit at salvation. The moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you give your life to him, that very moment you receive the Holy Spirit at salvation. In fact, in Acts chapter 2, remember we were there a couple weeks ago, in Acts chapter 2, verses 38 and 39, when Peter was preaching and he said this, he said, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. It's a promise. The moment you repent, the moment when we talk about repentance, faith, same two sides of the same coin, the moment you repent of your sin, you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you automatically promised here, you receive the Holy Spirit at that very instant. And when the Holy Spirit comes in, as he dwells in us and as he starts to work in our heart, as he convicts us, he's the one who convicts us, uh, as you're doing something wrong and all of a sudden, you, all of a sudden something you used to do before you were a Christian and now you can't do it, you feel this conviction, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And he also speaks, uh, uh, he, he's constantly convicting us, constantly uh, giving us peace when we're doing what we should do and, and, not, and taking away the peace when we're not doing what we should do. Uh, the, he, the Holy Spirit will give us assurance of our salvation. Romans 8.16, it says the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. The Spirit himself testifies. With us, and and, and 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 as you're reading the Bible, and you come across a verse that talks about assurance of salvation, the Holy Spirit, wham, it'll hit you with that one. It's, it'll it'll energize that verse. You, you, ever, you know, when you're reading the Bible, and all of a sudden a verse will just jump off the page. The Holy Spirit is taking that verse and, and confirming something or a promise or a conviction or a leading. That's what the Holy Spirit does through God's word. And you'll be reading John six forty seven. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. He who believes has everlasting life. That's a promise that Jesus made. And the Holy Spirit will take a verse like that and give us the assurance, testify with our spirit. The Bible plus the Holy Spirit equals peace. And assurance, very, very important. Now, we, re- we receive the Holy Spirit at salvation. I already talked about that. We were energized. We get baptized as special. But, but we receive the Holy Spirit at salvation, okay? But we must allow him to fill us on a regular basis. On a daily basis. Think of it this way. Uh, you know, when, think back when you got your first cell phone. Christmas, you get your first cell phone, whatever it was, birthday, cell phone. And, uh, and, you, and I know with the kids, they get that first cell phone. Usually grandpa and grandma get it to them. And they get that cell phone. Oh, they're so excited. I got a cell phone, a cell phone, right? But they got the phone, but it doesn't work yet. Why? You got to plug it in, right? You got to charge up the phone, although they usually do that. For them. But what happens, uh, you get the phone and you use it, but what happens by nighttime usually? 
got to recharge it. You got to have to, you got the, you have the phone, but you have to keep recharging it. And it's the same way at salvation. We receive the Holy Spirit. He's our, he's our super cell phone, right? He, we receive that Holy Spirit, but, but we have to keep allowing Him to recharge us. Recharge us. And if he, how do we do that? Ephesians 5, 18 to 20. Ephesians 5, 18 to 20 says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. How? Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. First of all, notice it's a command. We're commanded. That's a command in the Greek. Be filled. It's a command, but yet it's passive. It's not something you can do. He doesn't say, go fill yourself. It's a command to passive voice, allow it to happen. You can't do it. You can't fill yourself with the Holy Spirit. All you can do is put yourself in the place. You can just plug in the cell phone. You can put yourself in the place that you can be, what are those little things they put phones in now and charge them up? Uh, uh, Help me, young people. Charging stations, thank you, thank you. You just set the, the phone in the charging station, right? And it, and it charges. We have to put ourselves in that Spirit, Holy Spirit's charging station and allow Him to fill us. We have to let Him fill us. Very, very important. And, and when we do that, we do it here. It says by when we're worshiping and praying and giving thanks. When we do that, we have put ourselves in the Holy Spirit's filling station, the charging station, I mean charging station. And, and as, as we fill, as we allow the Holy Spirit to fill us and we start praying, guess what? All of a sudden, we're praying a whole new way. We are praying in the Spirit. We're no longer praying selfish prayers or, or fleshly prayers or, or struggling to pray. It just kind of flows. You know what I'm talking about? We're in that place. It just starts to flow. And, 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 and all of a sudden, we, we, just, we just are starting to sense the praying in the Spirit. And our prayers are led by the Spirit, not by the flesh, not by self. And remember, we gave out uh, Kim Polson and made that little handout. There's still a few back out there. Uh, Prayer plus the Holy in the Spirit equals power. Okay, remember we focused on that in Acts chapter 4, verse 31. And that's how we pray in the Spirit. We just start to worship and we start to pray and we're just silent before God. And we start to give God thanks. And when we do that, I can't explain it, but something happens. The Holy Spirit is filling us. He's always there, but he's filling us. But instead of doing that, we can also unplug from the Spirit's power in our life. We can unplug from the Spirit's power. You never lose the Holy Spirit. Once you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. You can never lose the Holy Spirit, but you can unplug. You can unplug from the power. We can, we can lose His power in our life. We can lose His power. Ephesians 4.30 says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. Have you ever grieved the Holy Spirit? How did you feel? Lousy, right? Because when we're grieving Him, He's going to give us grief. You're going to feel horrible. When we do something we, you know, we, we do something through sin or disobedience or neglecting our relationship with the Father, when we do that, we are, you know how you're miserable? 
You know why you're miserable? It's because you've grieved the Holy Spirit who is in you. That's what it's talking about here. And if we stay in that state long enough, if we stay in that grieving the Holy Spirit state long enough, we can quench the Spirit's power and presence in our life. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Or do not quench the Spirit, depending on your translation there. Then that's what happens. When we stand in that place too long, we put out the Spirit's fire. We quench the Spirit. And, all, and then we don't have, then we're spiritually dead. I, I love fires, as most of you know that. Uh, but but, but I, I'm, when it's cold out, I love to have a, a fire in the fireplace. Bob, Bob Cunningham gives me lots of wood. I have more wood than I know what to do with. I love it. And, I, and every day I go in and I wake up early. I wake up pretty early, uh, 5, 6 o'clock at the latest. I get up and I go start my fire in the wintertime. Oh, I love that fire. And the kids do it. If I don't start it, they're like, where's the fire? You know, they, they want it and they all sit by it. But, but what I'll do sometimes is I'll come down. I put my kindling down in newspaper and boxes and, and I start it and I put a couple little logs on I start it and then I know I have to come back in like 15-20 minutes and add more and add more and keep it going but sometimes I'll, I'll get focused on work I'll start doing a sermon at 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock or I'll, I'll just get focused on something else and I'll forget I'll be <gasps> and, I'll, and I, it's been an hour and I go running back and guess what there's no fire it's completely cold because I didn't keep it going. I, 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 I quenched that fire. I put out the, the fire. And we do the same thing when we don't stay close to God, when we don't stay in fellowship. You know logs? You know logs? You put one log by itself. It's hard to get it going or keep it going, isn't it? What does it have to be? With other logs all touching each other, stacked on each other, right? And that's the same thing with fellowship. If we're not in fellowship... You know, it, it, live service is nice. Okay, guys, live service is nice, but, but we need to be together. Right? If it can't be on Sunday, it's got to be a home fellowship. got to be something, one-on-one. We need to be together. That's where the heat comes from. But, but it's so important that we don't let the fire of the... Do not put out the Spirit's fire. That we don't let the Spirit's fire go out. That we remember to plug in our... Just like you don't plug in your cell phone, you don't plug in your, the Holy Spirit's super phone, it, it's going to drain. We're going we're to be running on empty. We're not going to be able to communicate with God anymore because we, we aren't going to have any you know, uh, energy bars on the phone, right? So the key to not letting this happen, the key to not letting this happen uh, is, I believe, Romans 8.5. Romans 8.5. Romans 8.5 says, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. That's everything. If we set our mind on sinful things, <laughs> we're going to put out the Spirit's fire. We're going to grieve the Spirit, put out the Spirit's fire. But if we set it on what the Holy Spirit wants, the Word of God and worship and thanks, that is the key. The mind is the key. Whatever we set our mind on will determine if we live in the Spirit's power. This isn't rocket science. Whatever you set your mind, and we do have to make up our minds. We have to make up our minds. Listen, the Holy Spirit will give you all the grace in the world. I keep saying, go to the throne of grace for mercy and grace from God's throne. You know, God will give us all the grace in the world. Jesus, Holy Spirit, all the grace in the world. But the one thing that God will not do is make up our minds. 
No, 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 no. That's the one thing he won't do. That's the one thing we must do is make up our minds. And once we truly make up our minds, he will pour out all the grace in the world. But it's vital to make up our minds. It's vital to set our minds on the right things. It's either God's word, a biblical worldview, or it's the world's worldview and the lies that the world tells constantly. I see so many Christians being conformed to the pattern of this world and, and, and they, they're like, I can't even tell they're Christians anymore, if they are, because they've been so conformed by the world. And, and it's all about our, what we set our minds on is, is vital. If, it, it's like this, if you're watching TV, and you have your, your remote control clicker, we always call it, uh, the remote control, and my kids hate that. But anyway, the, the remote control, and you, I have a choice. There's lots of channels, but I have a choice. Am I going to watch something edifying or something not edifying, right? 900 channels or one good one, right? That's about all it is, right? But, but, you, but whatever, you, whatever I set that channel on is going to affect my mind. It's going to determine what I think and what I do for the rest of the day, right? Uh, the same thing on the phone. You have lots of options on those phones, right? Most of us would probably throw our phones away, right? I so but but if you've got a problem with it, get rid of it, you know. But but the but what we want, what we look at on our phone determines what we read determines it's whatever we set our mind on is what we become and if we set it on god's word we're going to have a biblical worldview and we're going to be in complete opposition to 90 percent of this country completely they're going to think we're crazy right but but it's because we follow jesus christ but it's all about what we set our mind on listen if we set our mind what we set our mind on determines how we will live. Romans 8.5. Right? Romans 8.5 determines. If we set it on sinful things, things that go against God's Word, if we set it on the sinful things, then on the sinful nature, then it's going to, have a, it's going to produce something. Galatians 5.19-21 says this, The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I w- that sounds like TV, doesn't it? Right. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. If we set our minds on... The wrong channels, mentally, spiritually, we're, this is what it's going to produce. This is what's going to happen. People, you know, sometimes you, you see Christians and they do something just shocking, shocking. And you say, well, how could that happen? It didn't just happen. They've had their minds set on the wrong thing for a long time. And they quench the spirit, grieve the spirit, quench the spirit. And, and, and finally, the fruit of what they had their mind set on is the sinful nature, okay? And, but if we, if we set our mind on what the Holy Spirit desires, on what the Holy Spirit desires, if we do that, Galatians 5.22 says what's going to come out of us. But the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control that is the fruit of the spirit 
that shows that that's the fruit of setting our mind. That's the fruit of receiving the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, letting setting our minds on what the Holy Spirit wants. That is the fruit that will come out. That's what that that is the whole key. How's our fruit? How's our fruit? You know, on, on growing up on the farm. Uh, we got a lot of fruit. We had lots of fruit. We had cherries and apples and grapes. We had all the fruit. And, and, but around this time, around my birthday, the cherries were just getting ready, just getting ready. And, and uh, my dad ended up pushing the cherries out at one point and growing more hay for the cows and more cows, dairy and all that. But, but they, we still had a cherry tree right outside my bedroom window. I could see it right out of my bedroom window. There's still a big cherry tree right there. And I used to just love, right around this time of year, I uh, used to just love to go up and climb into that tree and just eat cherries till I was... I never got sick. I could eat all the cherries I want. So, uh, yeah, I, I grew up on them, right? And so, uh, just eat cherries, gorge myself. But the thing was, after my dad pushed the cherries out, he didn't spray the tree anymore. You know, he used to spray it to get rid of the worms. So, I'd climb up in that tree now, and then you had to check the cherries. Because they looked good, but you didn't know if there was a worm inside. And and I remember what we would do. We would, you know, anybody know what I'm talking about? You would... Before, you'd, you'd bite on the cherry to crack it, and then you open it up and look. And a lot of times there was like this white worm inside, you know. And uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't like an earthworm or anything. It was just this little white sliver of a worm wrapped around the pit, you know. And then as I got older, I started to realize I don't have to crack open the cherry. I could just look at that cherry, and you could look, and you could look for the hole. The, 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 the hole that they crawled in through. You just look for that hole. And so then, yeah, then you would know. But then, I can't remember who it was. My dad said, yeah, don't worry about the worms. They won't hurt you. So uh, I started just eating the cherries. Well, who cares? Protein, you know. People can eat cicadas. You can eat the worm and a cherry, you know. So I don't even worry about them anymore. I just eat the cherry. doesn't matter. Uh, but, but, What's our fruit look like to God? God doesn't eat the worms. God doesn't produce the worms, right? What is the fruit in our life? Is, is, if, if, it, if people could really see what's inside of us, would we be wormy spiritually, you know? Is there holes in our faith? Holes in our faith, you know, where, where the world and the lies and the garbage and sin and strongholds have gotten in? How do we need to... How do, what do we, on this list of, of, the, of the fruit of the Spirit, what is missing? What do we need to focus on? How do we need to, to reset our minds? How do we need to let the Holy Spirit fill us? How are we grieving the Holy Spirit or quenching the Spirit's power? Are we, are we daily allowing Him to fill us? And, and are we plugging in? Are we plugging in? And that's why... Oh, I forgot my piece of candy. I left it back there, right? But anyway, uh, that, that's why I gave out the Tootsie Pops on the way in. Because every day we have a choice. We can either let the Holy Spirit fill us and produce this good fruit, or we can ignore it. And I brought the Tootsie Pops for you not to eat. Not to eat. Get one on the way out. I saw some of you eating them. All right? So, so I want you to take that Tootsie Pop. And I picked that because I love Tootsie Pops. All right? Uh, and they got the Tootsie Roll inside, all that. Anyway, I want you to take that. I want you to put it somewhere. I, I, I like to put it in a piece of, like, you know, that white putty stuff. I stick it in and stand it up so I see it. S- stick it there, and every time you see that Tootsie Pop, what are you going to want to do? Eat it, all right? And, but I wanted to remind you that, wait, every time I see that Tootsie Pop, 
that's a reminder. Am I letting the Holy Spirit fill me? Am I unwrapping the Holy Spirit's presence and power in my life? That's what it's a reminder of. That everything I've just talked about, it's a reminder of that. And I hope that will be your attitude as you see your Tootsie Pop or pick something else that you really just have to have. Uh, but you, you just can't wait to unwrap it daily and, and connect with the Holy Spirit daily. Could be in the shower. Could be in the car ride to work. It could be, you know, you take a walk. Could be you just have some time quiet at night and you pray and, and, and focus on the Word. Whenever. It doesn't, there's no right or wrong way. But you, we have to prime the pump. We have to put ourselves in the place but it comes down to how much do we really want that do we do we have that attitude i can't, i just need the holy spirit i can't wait to have the holy spirit are you happy being miserable are you happy being dead spiritually and miserable are we happy in that state or do we really want to be close to jesus christ it it's kind of like what i am like with with my birthday my my birthday i always look forward to a cherry cake uh, some of you know the cherry cake story, Emily and Kim with this batter, the, the hair caught in the, the uh, help me, beaters, 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 right? Help, uh, in the beaters, yeah, that whole crazy story. But every year I'm like, oh, you know, I've got to have my cherry cake. And I'm no kidding, Friday, that's all I could think about was my cherry cake. Oh, and I know Kim was going to make it on Saturday because um, she always makes it the day before because if you let it sit for a day, the frosting seeps into it. Oh, it's just even better and better. And then, and then, on, on, my, then on my birthday, uh, after we sing happy birthday, I finally get to eat that cherry cake. Wrong. I eat it on Saturday. Uh, where's my picture, uh, Heather? Where's the picture? There's, there, this was yesterday. And I like I liked the Munster, so my good friend Doug Dwyer, pastor at Addisville Reform, he gave me a, a Herman Munster uh, a retro guy. So I, I stuck Herman Munster in the hole that I made, and I blamed it on Herman Munster. He, 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 I was telling Laurel this morning, she saw it, and she's like, what happened? I go, Herman ate, ate it. She goes, no, Dad, it was you. I go, no, no, I promise, it was Herman. Yeah. So she thought that was so funny. But anyway, but the hole is twice as big after this morning's breakfast. Uh, you know, the middle is pretty much missing out of the cake. And if you don't... If, if Whoever's coming to my birthday party, uh, uh, not many people like it, but you better get there quick because it'll all be gone by the end of my lunchtime. Because right? I can't wait to have my cherry cake. That's all I think about. And my dad, I know, is very jealous. Hi, Dad. He's watching this, uh, I'm sure. Uh, he loves cherry cake, but you don't get any. I get it. Uh, so uh, when, when we have a cherry cake, my dad and I fight. He eats half, I eat half. It's gone, right? Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> but, but that's the attitude we have to have for the Holy Spirit. For God's word, for spending time, we we should have that same craving. May do we have that same craving? And maybe you're here today, or listening today, watching today, and you don't have the Holy Spirit yet. You don't even know what I'm talking about. But you need to put your faith in Jesus Christ. That's how you get the Holy Spirit inside. That's how we get the power of the Spirit. That's how we have a changed life. We can't change our lives. We can't do anything. It's all the Holy Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. He creates the fruit. We just make ourselves available. We just let him plant us where he wants to plant us, right? Uh, and so, but, the, but the first step is putting your faith in Jesus Christ. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The moment you put your faith in Jesus, you pray the prayer of faith, the Holy Spirit comes in, and you can have him right now. Let's pray. How is the Holy Spirit speaking to us as we go into this time of prayer?
Maybe you've never put your faith in Jesus. You've never received the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is knocking, knocking on your heart, calling you, convicting you, telling you that now is the day of salvation, telling you that now is the day to act on John 3:16. for God so loved the world. That's you, every one of us, loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, to die on that cross, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You can believe in him right now. It's not intellectual. It's the heart. It's the prayer of faith. God, I repent of my sin. I turn away from anything in my life that goes against your word, your will. And I put my faith in Jesus. I believe in him. I put my faith in Jesus. His death on the cross for me to pay for my sin. His resurrection from the dead for me to give me a brand new life. I put my faith in Jesus. I give my life to him. And while while some may be praying that very prayer, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us who are already Christian? How is he speaking to us? How have we grieved the Spirit? Maybe even gone so far as to quench, put out the Spirit's fire. We're dead spiritually. But the Holy Spirit is only a prayer away. He's never left us. He's still there. He's just a prayer away, a praise away, a thank, a thank, thanksgiving away. Will we put ourselves in that place to let His power flow? Will we? Will we? Listen to him and surrender to him. Father, I pray that every one of us, each person listening would would know for sure they have the Holy Spirit because they prayed the prayer of faith in Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray for all the rest of us that we would begin to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. We'd begin to experience his conviction and his empowering empowerment and the gifts of the spirit just like that air conditioner just went on with power we would experience this new airflow which we know is how you describe the holy spirit the flow the wind blows wherever it pleases father i pray that we would all experience that transformed lives impacting all around us i pray that in jesus name amen If you have put your faith in Jesus Christ today, you've taken that step, tell somebody. Because we'll be excited. You have a family friend, tell me on the way out, email. Let let somebody know. Because we'll be excited for you and help you grow in your faith and encourage you. Okay? All right, God bless. Before we sing this last song, And in light of Pastor Chuck's unsharing nature, we have a cake back there. (laughs) Is it cherry? Just be happy with it. You can have it. You can have it. It's not cherry. I'll share it. But let's, let's pray for Pastor Chuck on this day. Father, I thank you that 60 years ago, which is a long time. (laughs) You would know. (laughs) 
and then some. <laughs> but, Father, uh, you sought in your divine providence to bring Chuck into this world. Lord, that you knew the plans you had for him. And, Lord, uh, we're the beneficiaries of your grace. Lord, I just ask that you would bless him, bless this day. Lord, watch over him. Lord, protect him. Protect all of us, Lord, from the attacks of Satan. And, Lord, uh, as, as Pastor Chuck spoke about today, Lord, we need to be so prepared. We need to be close to you. We need to be seeking the safe harbor of your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. There is cake in the back. All right, and before the last song, I just got to tell a story. Uh, when I was born, my dad, parents have lots of stories about me. But, uh, when I was born, my tongue was actually stuck to the bottom of my mouth as a baby. And so in the hospital, they had to cut it and, you know, re- release the tongue or else I wouldn't have been able to talk. And my mom and dad always said, why did we ever let the doctor do that? 